and welcome back. I have been so excited to share today's episode with you since we recorded it back in February. And it has a little backstory. Um, but first, I want to be sure to share that today, March 15th, is the last day to register and join myself and my friend and collaborator, Lindsay Taylor, for our Unforgettably You event, which takes place on Wednesday, April 5th here in New Hampshire. So if you're local to this area and you're looking for a day that will help you to clarify your brand and your content, how you share your brand with the world, this day is most certainly for you. The website to learn more and grab your seat is unforgettablyyou.net. And don't worry, you don't need to know how to spell that because I put it in the show notes for you. And for those of you who sign up by today, March 15th, you will be automatically entered to win a free strategy session with either myself or Lindsay, your choice, where you're gonna we're gonna sit down with you to get a really personalized strategy and implementation tools after the event. And if you're listening and you're thinking, wait, I just got here, I just stumbled across this podcast. Who are you? Who the heck is Lindsay? I'm so glad you asked. To learn more about Lindsay, you can visit the event page, unforgettablyyou.net. Like I said, you don't know how, you don't have to know how to spell it. It's in the show notes. But we have it all laid out there, pretty as can be for you, courtesy of her and her brand design skills. And I, I, Emily Aborn, I'm the one who wrote the copy for the page because, oh, wait for it, I'm a content writer. And I really specialize in website copy, blogs, social media content banks, and pretty much all of the pieces that you use for the customer journey. If you are a woman entrepreneur trying to translate the essence of who you are to your clients. I'm also the leader and founder of She Built This, which is a free resource for women entrepreneurs worldwide, in fact, as we provide group support, community, we help one another in areas that we're curious about or struggling with, and basically it's just a powerhouse of inspiring and inspired women rooting for each other and each other's mutual success. You can learn more about that at shebuiltthis.org. And there are links to the show in the show notes to that as well. All of this leads me to this week's reviewer and then how I discovered this week's guest, plural, and why the topic suits my fancy so, so very much. All right, this review is by Amanda Six. If you are looking for inspiration from other female entrepreneurs, this is the podcast for you. Emily shares straight talk advice that will help you make progress and see results in business. Plus, she has a great way of interviewing others so we can learn from how she built this. So good. Thank you so much to Amanda Six for your five-star review. You are the bee's knees. I love having you listen and showering you with inspiration along your journey. And if you haven't, written a five-star review yet and you're listening right now, please know that I welcome your five-star reviews with open arms. Or you can do me one better or do both and also share the podcast and this episode with someone you know that it would help. One of my goals this year is to just make this podcast next level and I definitely need your help in order to do it. And my friends, sometimes we can feel nervous asking these things of one another. Am I right? Like sometimes when we ask each other for favors or I tell you what you could do to help me be successful, I feel a little like weird about it. Um, but my guests in this episode, Amy and Jennifer, they remind us that you just never know what could happen when you take that courageous step, when you make a bold ask, and that is exactly why you just got to go for it. Their story is a great example of why I always say you just never know what will happen when you say yes to that coffee date. And in this case, it was way more than a coffee date, obviously. Um, Amy and Jennifer and I met in a podcast collaboration group where I shared that I was looking to be a guest because I want to start sharing my out-of-the-box visibility tips and my content creation tips on other podcasts. Amy and Jennifer chimed in and said, yes, let's do a swap. And when I saw what they were all about and I listened to their podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, sign me up. So they have an entire podcast, an entire business all about blogging. And I absolutely love 
blogging. Like I was like an OG blogger. I wrote on like a blog spot and I don't know, MySpace, like all of that stuff. But now I love blogging for myself and I love blogging for my clients. It's one of my favorite pieces of content to create, probably second only to this podcast, really. So right now I'm in an SEO course and it's really helping me to take my skills to the next level. Um, as I do more and more blogging for other people, for my clients. So when I do take on blogging clients, I often get asked questions like, is blogging still relevant? Isn't blogging dead? Who should start a blog? How often should I blog? And what should I blog about? Starting a blog is an exciting journey and it comes with a lot of questions as I just shared. So it's really important to set up your blog in a way that helps you to grow your business and reach your goals and also expand your reach. And then like, don't even get me started on all of the repurposing gold that a blog contains and how that can help your content too. Somebody needs to reel me back in, bring me back, bring me back. Okay, in this episode of the She Built This Podcast, my guests Amy Reinecke and Jennifer Draper of the Ultimate Blog Podcast and I are going to answer some of your business blogging questions and help you get clarity around why to blog and what to blog about. We get into what businesses make a good fit to start a blog, how we can add more elements of curiosity to spark more interest in our blogging content. With over 14 years of combined blogging experience, Amy and Jennifer are passionate about helping women create the blogs they desire to build a business that allows them to live the life they desire. They started Spark Media Concepts to help women use their stories, passion, expertise, and perspectives to share content that adds value to others through their blog. Some of my favorite takeaways from our conversation are how we can use curiosity to create a ripple effect in our lives and our business. I love how we talk about when it comes to the latest, greatest, flashiest new objects and and technology, sometimes we have to wait and see before taking action. And I love the reminder to be willing to listen, lean in, learn. Curiosity can help you to understand what's going well and what's not and why so that you can find solutions and make changes to increase your visibility and income. You never know who you know, where you will discover your next opportunity and what is on the other side of the ask. So use courage and curiosity together and I think you're going to find that you will open a world of possibility and growth. I can't wait to hear your takeaways, and I really hope that you enjoy this episode and this conversation as much as I enjoyed chatting with them and creating it for you. Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hi, Amy and Jennifer, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. I'm so happy to have you as a guest on my show. Guests, Yay. I should say, plural. <laughs> we are excited to <laughs> be here. Um, all right. So first of all, I love backstories. And of course, I read your bio before you joined. But I'd love to hear, I guess, both individually and then also how you came together to in your blogging journey and then like creating an entire business out of this. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm Jennifer and I started blogging. Um, back in 2013. So I had been working full-time as an accountant and I had quit my job to stay home and homeschool my son for a little while. And then I was at a decision point. Do I go back to the corporate world or do I start my own business? And that had always been a dream of mine. And I had also always been an avid food blog reader And so one day when I came across a blogger that I followed sharing how she turned her food blog into a business and quit her job, I was like, sold. 
if she can do it, I can do it. So that's how my blog came to be. I, I saw a need for people who were busy working, kids, needing a healthy dinner on the table. So I started a slow cooker blog using more wholesome ingredients and kind of the rest is history. Um, thankfully, uh, it caught on and I started getting some traffic and soon I needed a little bit of help managing some of the aspects of my blog. And I put out a plea for help with a specific person in mind who I was afraid to approach directly and ask. And that was Amy. <laughs> she lived right next door to me. And I knew we would, I just felt like we would be perfect working together on something like this. And thankfully she was the first person to respond to my Facebook post. And so immediately I went over to her house. We got set up, we got rolling. She started helping me with my blog and then I'll let her tell you a little bit about how she started her blog, and then we can tell you how it all came together to be Spark Media Concepts. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love this so far. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> okay, so I am Amy, and I had actually started my first blog like in 20, I don't know, 2010, about that time. It was on Blogspot, so that was my very first blog that I ever started, and then that was really kind of new blogging. So when things started to get complicated and I heard that people could actually make money, I got out and was like, this isn't for me because I don't know how to do it. So I didn't have the support. I didn't have any resources to move forward. Um, I had that blog, um, periodically would post on it, you know, here and there, um, even through like 2015. But then at that time, Instagram kind of had taken off. And so I decided to just share on Instagram. And that started like uh, the end of 2015 is when I started doing that and um, really kind of dove headfirst in content creation in 2016 and did it essentially for fun. I was sharing a specific part of my journey at that time and I was doing it for fun. And in um, 2016 is when Jennifer had put out that plea for help for her blog. And I had always been so intrigued with how she had actually figured it out, like what I couldn't figure out all those years ago. So how did she know how to start making money blogging? Because she had to be making money if she was going to be hiring somebody. And um, being in that content creation space, um, I was just curious. So I did jump on the opportunity to help her and then I was doing my Instagram along that. And as I kind of helped Jennifer in the behind the scenes, she slowly started telling me, you're creating all this content. Like it really should be on a blog. And I was very resistant, very resistant to it. Um, we ended up going to a conference together. I went with her as her virtual assistant um, in early 2017. And what's interesting is I went there as somebody who just shared on Instagram and um, with no intention of starting a blog. And I can I can remember sitting through a um, presentation that was being given at this specific conference, uh, and um, they were talking about the income potential for what bloggers could make. And they threw out some numbers that I was like, what? I, at this point, I was making nothing on Instagram. I was just sharing. I was not, I was growing my audience, but I really wasn't making any money. And I was just like flabbergasted, like, hold on, I already have a community. Why don't I have a blog actually, Jennifer? Like, why am I, why am I being so resistant to this? So um, we left that conference. I can remember the plane ride sitting next to one another. And she's like, what did, what did you learn? And I was like, well, I, I learned that I need to do this. <laughs> I learned that I need a blog. And um, so over time I did that. I launched my blog in 2017 and I could not have done it, I don't believe, without Jennifer's help, to be really honest. I'm, I'm not a super tech-savvy person, and I don't, I don't dive down um, into a lot of research in regards to that for me to figure it out on my own. I, I needed that help from somebody who could help me figure it out, like kind of literally sitting next to me and saying, hey, we do this and this, and this is why. And that is truly how Spark kind of came to be, um, to be honest, um, in 2017, actually shortly after I launched my blog. So we were sitting around my kitchen table and Jennifer had shared with me a little dream that she had about starting a business that would help other people start a blog, which is essentially what she had just done with me. <clears throat> I thought she was kind of crazy. <laughs> I was like, you want to do what? Like, 
you want to help people start their blogs? I just did not see how that was ever going to come to fruition. Now, this is 2017. This is back before a lot of people like had courses or different things like that. It was long before I had considered coaching as a, as a career path for sure. And um, I, I just kind of took the information and was like, okay, <laughs> sounds cool. <laughs> I'm not sure anybody would pay for that. You know, I just, I just didn't give it much thought. Within a couple of weeks, I had met with a friend who expressed a need for exactly what Jennifer said that she needed, that she wanted to start with this business. And I looked to my friend and said, well, I can help you do that. Um, me and Jennifer would like to help you do that. <laughs> so we had literally no business name. We had no business plan. Uh, Jennifer at the time had no idea. I was actually like uh, hiring out our services. And I called her, huh. I called her when I got in the car. <laughs> And I said, hey, uh, you know that off-the-wall dream that I maybe wasn't super supportive of a couple of weeks ago? I just found our first client. And that is how Spark Media Concepts was born um, at the end of 2017. Okay. So three things I love about this. <laughs> I love the I love the whole story. Um, I love that you started on Blogspot because I'm pretty sure that's like one of the things I did. I mean, I've been doing it since I was a kid. So like blogger, yeah. I don't even know what else. Jennifer had a Blogspot um, too. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I really love, and I want everyone to hear this, my audience is always hearing me talk about this. You never know until you ask, right? But yes. you also never know who you know. Like yeah. you were literally each other's next door neighbor and you just started this idea, followed your curiosity, and then it became a business. It became a life-changing thing simply from you like walking next door yeah. and having that connection with somebody else. So I love that when we're thinking about our collaborators is just like, you never know what's going to happen. Um, so take the first step. Yeah. And you don't, I think often too, with that is it might not be who you think is the likely choice. So we had been next door neighbors since 2012, actually. And we were not best of friends. We say that all the time. Like we were, we were literal next door neighbors like how you would picture an extra neighbor, like your acquaintances. Like if we were outside, then we would chat. We are friendly to one another, but like we weren't hanging out outside of like seeing each other in the front yard after school or whatever, you know? So it was just a very, um, it's just so interesting to me the way that it all like panned out that way, you know, that we'd live together, live together, that we'd live, <laughs> we did not live together. <laughs> <laughs> that we had um, lived by each other at that point for about three to three and a half years. And I mean, I knew she blogged, but, but it was like, it created this, like these stepping stones to now what we have today. And we, you know, own this business together, have since 2017 and, um, are truly each other's biggest supporters in regards to our own blogs. So I think it's just, it's, I don't believe that we are ever put anywhere on accident. Um, because, of because of our story. I truly believe that. So what's it like, and feel free to throw each other under the bus <laughs> or not, um, what's it like being business partners and what do you find is like one of the biggest challenges that you face? I think this is important for people to hear when it mm. comes to collaborations and also considering partnering up with somebody because there are challenges that you have to go through. So I'd love for you to share what some of those are. And then, of course, like give us like an Oreo. So like put something really like nice. Actually, you know what? An open face Oreo. Yeah. Like we want something. <laughs> we want a challenge. And then like bring us up and talk about how great the other person is. Yeah. So we get told all the time how lucky we are to have each other. And we totally agree because blogging can be hard or, you know, any kind of online entrepreneurship can be difficult because you're kind of just sitting in your house on your computer with no support system. So finding each other was like the best thing because we can hold each other accountable. We can encourage each other. We can bounce ideas off of each other on a daily basis. And so that obviously played into why we created the community that we did so that other people could have that as well. But the interesting thing about us is how different we are. Mm -hmm. And I think that plays into our greatest challenge and our greatest benefit because we both think things through and see things from such a different perspective. I'm very like detail oriented. Um, I like really specific steps. I like to read things versus watching videos. And, um, 
I can be more just like direct with people and kind of take the emotion out of things sometimes. And then Amy on the flip side, she loves to watch videos. She's very connected to people. She really can read people and understand them. And she really just is able to compliment me in such a way. I think we compliment each other. We fill in each other's gaps. So it can make it challenging sometimes because we're not speaking the same language. So trying to communicate our ideas can be difficult. But on the flip side, I think we're better able to serve our audience because we look at things in such a different way. I love that. And I was just telling a friend today who I'm collaborating with, I was like, I think I communicated half of that in my head. So (laughs) I'm sorry. Communication is a huge one, right? And it's not just, it's not just like that we're communicating. It's also how we're communicating in understanding the other person. So I really love that you do understand each other and like you also allow each other to be in your strengths. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that um, one of the things I'm really thankful for is Jennifer can keep me pretty grounded. I'm a very emotional person um, and can get very excited about things. And so there are times I will you know, excitement can be good and bad if we're honest. And I can get, you know, overly like overwhelmed and she can often remind me, Hey, it's okay. Like everything's going to work out. Like we just have to take this step by step. Um, but on the other hand, I think that excitement serves our business well as well, because I'm also one that's going to be more willing to be like, well, let's just do it. Like, let's just get it done. Um, When Jennifer will likely want to spend more time researching something than like I would. And so that's just another instance. Basically, one one or the other of us is always out of the other one's comfort zone. And so that just like I think strengthens the, the business relationship and honestly the business in and of itself is because I think when we grow as entrepreneurs, like we have to, it's, it's a surrender to our comfort zone and it's a reminder, um, and different things feel like they're out of our comfort zone in this owning it together. And so knowing that, you know, I think sometimes both of us are out of our comfort zone, but it feels like depending on different things that we're doing, you know, either one of us is, and, that just helps you grow as a person. You know, if you would have told me five years ago that I was going to be helping women start their own blogs and coaching them and pouring into them and helping them understand their worth and their value. I mean, I was literally staying at home with my kids, did not feel like I had anything to offer anybody. And that's amazing how that has come about. And that would have never come about without Jennifer pouring that into me and saying, I think you can do this. Like, I think that you have something in you, I can see something that you can't see yet. And I'm forever thankful for that, you know, as a business partner, as a friend. And um, I often say that when Jennifer had the bravery that she did in 2013 to quit her full-time job, like I look at the ripple effect that has been created from that one person making that one decision Mm -hmm. and how many people it has impacted since. So my reason for always sharing that is because I don't want anybody to question the impact that you can make on other people by you taking the first step out of your comfort zone and into something that could give you the life that you want to live. It may just be because I live in New Hampshire, but that just gave me the chills. I love that. So, um, all right. And you, you brought me into a question that has been definitely burning on my mind. I get asked this a lot. First of all, like who should have a blog and do you think that every business needs a blog? It might not be every business, but it's going to be most businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the time when we would say you don't need one is your business is going well. You're well diversified. If one platform goes down, you're covered. You're busy to the extent you can't take on anything else and your customers or your readers or your clients are completely well served. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I think a blog is going to enhance pretty much any business because there's so many things you can do with it and it's going to serve you as a home base and it's going to serve your readers, your customers as as an incredible resource for them. And it's just such a great way to diversify your business as well. 
Yeah. And I'm sure that we hear this in different ways, but I want to hear it from your perspective. Like, what are the benefits really of blogging as a business owner? Um, and what should you do if you like, you, you're like, oh my God, I'm listening and I do need this, but I just literally don't have the time to do it. Um, so I think that the benefits are you really do want to, you're wanting to generate eyes on whatever product service, you know, whatever you're providing. And essentially a blog is going to do that. I, I think oftentimes people think of like old school blogging and that's what they think of. So like they're thinking of like posts in a chronological order, but I want you to kind of like interchangeably use blog and website. So it's essentially a website with a blog component is what we believe that people should have. And so when you have that, when you have this website, it's your home base. It's where people are always going to be able to connect with you. It's how they can get signed up for your email list. And that's a really important thing because you don't own the content that you share on social media, but you do own your blog and you do own your email list. And so those are two areas that we really do believe that all people, whether you're a business owner or whether you're a blogger, which bloggers are business owners. But that is a really important thing that you want to think about when, when you are starting this and thinking about your business plan. I think a lot of, I think we're in a day and age that there's so many like influencers out there who are building these massive brands, making honestly millions of dollars a year. And they're doing it on a platform that they don't own. And that's kind of a scary thing to be honest. And so we do really believe that every business owner, so no matter what you're kind of sharing, it really would be beneficial for the majority of people to have this home base for people to connect and learn from you. You will be able to learn like keyword research and SEO and how you can optimize your website so people can find your content. And that's just going to direct people to your products and services even more instead of um, it just being um, like that you have to constantly like pump out content on social. But that's getting getting the SEO aspect and the keyword research aspect also figured out is also a really important com component that can help you further your business and move the needle forward. I also love helping people like rethink that what you're posting on social media so often you can reverse engineer and turn into a blog. Like if you're always mm -hmm. sharing tips on Instagram about a certain topic, let's say, you can just turn those into a like top 10 tips blog or five tips keys to XYZ, you know, so rethinking it, like, like, why are you giving the social media platform all of your content? Because you don't own it. I thought that was such a great point. Yeah. When you can be turning it into something that you do own and an audience that is yours through your email list or another funnel. Yeah. I think a lot of people are overwhelmed or intimidated by starting a blog, which is one of the main reasons why we created our course, which is called the Ultimate Blog Bootcamp and our podcast, to be honest, um, is because we wanted to kind of pull back the veil there and say, hey, we know it can feel challenging. We know that you might not know like what you're doing, but we're here to help because I think a common um, objection that we get is, well, I'm building on social media and so that's good enough, right? Or I'm doing just fine on social media. But at some point, like those platforms kind of fizzle out and they're not, I mean, Instagram's not always going to be like the it thing, you know, TikTok is like taken over a little bit with that. And so unless you're like really willing to constantly change everything that you're doing, which you kind of do have to do blogging to be honest, but I think constantly thinking about how you have to show up in order to stay relevant I mean, when you're blogging, that that's just that's pretty fluid. I mean, there there are definitely things that change, but you know, you're creating valuable content that can offer a solution to people coming to your site. That's the goal. It's not you have to learn a new dance. It's not you have to know how to lip lip sync <laughs> next to a reel. You know, it's just providing valuable content that can further further the knowledge that somebody is going to need because they came to your blog for a specific purpose. Um, so when it comes to kind of like, like you had mentioned that you do when you're blogging still need to look at what things are happening and change accordingly. What do you think is overlooked when it comes to somebody's blogging in general, or maybe like the strategy behind what they're blogging? I think one of the, the biggest things is people either go into it and they're like, I just want to blog for fun. I want to write what I want to write and I and they overlook implementing some sort of strategy or they go into it and they're like, I'm going to get all the readers in the world. 
I'm going to hmm. do SEO perfectly. And so then they kind of take out the component of connecting with their audience. So I think it's being able to find the balance in the middle that most people struggle with in creating valuable content, making sure you're serving your audience, that you're not just writing to write, that you're really creating valuable content, that you're researching it, that it's well done. And then on the next thing I would say is that I think people, once they kind of figure that piece of it out, they want to just go with it and they don't want to look at the fact that it does change and that new things come up. So it's really, again, all about balance. Do I jump on the newest bandwagon? Do I implement the newest strategy I just heard about? Do I sit back and keep doing what I'm doing? Or do I take a really measured, methodical approach to making sure I'm implementing the things that make sense and I'm willing to change when it's truly necessary? Mm-hmm. And then how do you, what do you guys kind of recommend as how frequently people should be blogging or being realistic, of course? (laughs) That's such a tricky question and it's really personal. And so I think that what we recommend is getting just really honest with yourself about what you can do and knowing that it's obvious that when you put more content out there and you spend the time doing keyword research and SEO, you're likely going to grow quicker. So if you kind of have to break it down in a couple of different ways, one, what is your goal? So is your goal to grow like as quickly and as fast as possible? If so, then, you know, three to four times a week is going to be what you're going to want to do probably out of the gate. If you just want to like grow slow and steady, then maybe one to two blog posts a week. Now with that said, everything, everything trumps that when it comes to being realistic with your time. Consistency is important, but it has to be realistic. So if you set yourself up and say, yep, I want to grow and I want to grow quickly, I'm going to do four blog posts a week and you can only do that for like three months and then you fall off, that's not going to serve you as well as it would have if you would have just maybe even cut that in half and maybe you're writing content every Tuesday, Friday, and you're consistently putting that content out and you're able to do that you know, for six months or a year. And then you kind of see how your audience is reacting to that. Like, are they clicking through? Are they going to your blog post? How is your traffic coming from Google? Like, are you growing in that way? Um, Looking at the stats and things is really important. That's something Jennifer, (laughs) that's where she comes in for sure to help um, remind that you got to look at where things are going. That's definitely a strength of hers that she brings to, to our business and looking at where, where you're serving people, how they're finding you. That's really important to know because that's going to help your strategy in regards to how often you should blog. If you're blogging four times a week and your traffic isn't growing and you've been doing it for six months and you're still, your traffic is not growing, you'll probably need to go back to the drawing board and ask yourself, okay, what needs changed? Like, how does my strategy need to change? What is it a frequency issue? Is it a keyword research issue? Um, is there something else on my blog that's maybe preventing traffic from coming here? But I think looking at that is going to be a really important indicator for how often you need to blog and be realistic. Stay in your own lane. I think that's so important in this online space is it it kind of seems that everybody's doing all the things. And what I want to remind people of is usually um, if if they have been a successful blogger, you know, making significant money, they likely do have help in the background in some capacity of their business. And so when you are a new blogger, give yourself space to be a new blogger. Like give yourself space to learn what you need to learn. And you don't have to be on every platform. You don't have to be sending out, you know, a newsletter every month and multiple emails every week. I think you just have to get those basic foundations down with blogging first. Get your community solidified. You know, ask yourself how you're going to show up for them. And I think then that growth will come. I think that you kind of have to grow up with your growth and you can kind of shift things as they need to shift because blogging is about pivoting and you have to be able to look at the the data and ask yourself is this working? Like I said, and if it's not being willing to pivot without being really resistant to it. I love this because you're bringing me to the topic of the month. And I love, so on my podcast and in in my blog, um, I focus on a theme every month and that like kind of helps keep me centered, but it also gives me room to explore on 
deeper on certain topics. So this month we're focusing on curiosity. And what you really hit on is when something is coming up and it's not working or or maybe it is working, we get curious as business owners. But now I want to kind of shift gears and talk content and speak to how we can actually add elements of curiosity to our blogs so that people are drawn to us because of their curiosity. Like, so now I'm talking about tapping into the curiosity of the readers or the people in our community. So how can we use blogging to create curiosity with our audience? Um, I would be curious to see (laughs) how Amy would answer this, but my perspective would be kind of writing that fine line between creating the content that people are searching for and wanting, but putting your own spin on it, making it just a bit different, maybe taking and pulling them outside the box. So like I'm creating recipes, so maybe they're searching for a pot roast recipe, but can I put a spin on it that's just my own that somebody would be excited about? That way it would bring them back to the next time I post because they're like, oh, how's she going to change up my next favorite dish to make it just a little bit more interesting? So for me, it's just something, it would be something small in terms of serving the reader where they want, but giving them something they didn't know they wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that I would answer that would be... Um, well, our niches are different. So I have a health and wellness niche. So I'm going to come at it with the aspect of health and wellness. Um, there's a lot of conflicting beliefs or ideas of thought in regards to that. And you can really, when we're thinking of a lot of different niches out there, you can kind of find that like there, there can be kind of two camps. So in, in curiosity, I think what you can do is share a version of your story and it doesn't, you don't have to like share everything that you've ever been through, for instance. Um, but I share parts of my story that have allowed me to be curious about the different steps that I have taken. And now I am sharing those, um, decisions that I've made or those ways that have helped me heal, um, in the online space. So me getting curious in my own life as a blogger, as a human, as a mom and a wife has allowed me to show up in the content creation space and in the online space with kind of inducing that curiosity there for them. Instead of just like telling people, well, things are the way they are because they are the way they are, but saying, hey, you can challenge thoughts. Like you you can have a different idea than your neighbor. You can have a different idea than the person next to you. Being willing to kind of listen and lean in to, to those different thoughts maybe and giving people a voice. I think curiosity and, and sharing that openness with people, whether it's regarding recipes, whether it's regarding a certain way that you organize, whether it's like child rearing, whether it's uh, health and wellness, what that does essentially by sharing, you know, your piece of that puzzle is you allow people into part of your story that they might be able to relate to. And people don't like being alone. People do not like to feel alone. They want to feel seen and they want to feel heard. And I think that when we really back down everything that it means to be a blogger, let's take away all the fluff and frills and all of it. And at the end of the day, the heart of a blogger is to help other people with a problem or an issue or a concern that they are having. We are providing solutions. So we have to get curious about the things in our lives that we have done in order to either better our lives or make a difference or make a change. And then being willing to show up in that space and say to other people, hey, I figured this out and I would love to explain to you how I did it. And because they're in that curious phase as well, if they found you, if you're niched down, that they're asking themselves those important questions. How do I do this? They're they're in that, they're in that curious stage. And so by adding the element of your own story, I think lends itself to the curiosity. So it marries those things, it marries your blog to the person that it needs to find in order for you to feel like you've turned your your niche into a purpose and also for the people who have found you to feel like they aren't alone, to feel like there's a question to an answer. And I want to make sure that I say here that 
it doesn't mean like you have to share like all your deep, dark secrets. That's, that's not necessarily what I'm talking about in regards to curiosity, though it can be. Think about just a number of different things that you could share. Think about think about a, a small problem that that you've had that you've had to create like a new um, routine for. Those are the things we're talking about. It doesn't need to be like some traumatic event that you've gone through that you have to air your dirty laundry. That's that's not what I'm talking about. It can be something very simple. We all are looking for ways to like simplify our lives and make it make life feel a little bit easier. And we often overlook what we've been through or what we've gone through or what we've learned about ourselves in our journey and how that can apply to other people. And so I think it's just getting curious with that. Maybe you're considering considering starting a blog and asking yourself, well, I'm not even really sure like what to blog about. Ask yourself those questions. Like what what do I know about? Like, what do I love talking about? What what can I never stop talking about? Or what is something that my friends are always asking me about and I can't stop talking about? Those are some important questions that you can ask yourself. And if you're a business owner, ask yourself, what what is the what is my mission in my business? How can I turn that into a way that people can consume content that I can help them to strengthen that relationship between the client or the customer and my brand? or my business. Hmm, great, great answers. And I love you describing curiosity as a ripple effect. I'm always talking about like how business, as business owners, curiosity as in a human being, curiosity is a huge piece of our success and our growth. And like, I mean, your two relationship is a, is a perfect example of it. How just like one thing, being curious about one thing can lead to the next thing, can lead to the next thing, can lead to the next thing. And I love explaining as a ripple effect. Like we are doing that for our clients, for our readers, for our audience members as well. And I also love like not just presenting solutions, but also turning the question back on them, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so what do you think about this? Or how would you do this? Or how could this apply to you? And I think that these are all like really, really good ways to add more of that into what we're creating. So because what otherwise, there's really no difference in what we are providing than like something that a which we're going to get to in a second, but something that a robot could slap together and stick on the internet. So I think that curiosity really brings in that personal connection and that human touch that you had both talked about at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. We are meant for connection for sure. Um, All right. So of course, now I'm going to have to ask about like what you both think of Sort of, there's been a lot of talk in the entrepreneurial space about AI tools and using them as a blogger and are they just going to replace all the content that we're doing right now? So I'd love to hear your thoughts on AI and how you see maybe maybe any fears or worries that you have as a blogger and how it might affect us. So I think this is something as bloggers, we're just going to have to really keep an eye on and be mindful of new developments in this space. It is definitely not something we're teaching or recommending to anybody that we're teaching about blogging right now, but um, I've dove in just a little bit to this space just to try to learn and understand a little bit more, and um, I actually took a course about how to use a specific tool to write blog posts. And I found it very interesting, but I don't think that within the next year, a couple years, we're just going to be able to type in the name of our blog post and have an AI tool output the perfect blog post for us. I think what we can use it for is as a little bit of an assistant. Are we a little bit stuck on an idea? Are we a little bit stuck on a tagline, a catchphrase, um, or how to write a particular paragraph? I think that we can use it as a tool to help us get started, but we have to fill in all the details. People still want the connection. They want to know that what they're reading is written by a person that they can connect to. Even if it's something as simple as just getting some information about training your dog or a recipe or basically anything. I think as humans, when we are 
searching for something, we type something into our Google search bar and we get a result, it becomes clear pretty quickly if it was just spit out as a way to meet SEO and intent. And it doesn't really give you an answer versus like kind of a blog post that you come across that does create that curiosity. So you start to read it and you're like, oh, this is something I hadn't thought of yet. And then I want to read more and more and more. So I don't know a ton about AI right now. I think we have to keep our eye on it. I think it's you know something that may develop over time and may change the way that we go about blogging. Who knows? But I think if if you're interested in it, it's it's a good thing to kind of look into and maybe see if it could be an assistant to you to like put as part of your process to help you maybe write a little bit faster, but you ultimately have to be in charge of the content that you create. Something I would add to that as well is being a blogger now um, since 2017, something I've learned is there's always some new shiny object to chase. And it's really important to being an early adopter can have its benefits, but also sitting back and seeing how this all pans out could also be beneficial as well. You get to weigh that risk and you don't have to jump on every new bandwagon that comes along the way because you'll literally be doing that every day. And I think that there is something to be said for consistency in whatever you're choosing to do. So when that new shiny object object comes to play, this that being AI right now, um, that doesn't mean that that's something that you couldn't implement in your business if that works for you or in your content. I don't think that that will work for everyone in their content, just my personal opinion. But um, ask yourself how how that how it could serve your audience, how it could serve you. And if that's the goal with your blog, I mean, is your goal just to like pump out content and make money and you kind of have the emotional aspect out of it. It's completely a business. It might actually, it might serve you, but for a lot of content creators, there's a lot of passion and emotion as well. There's a lot of feeling as well. And so I want to just encourage you to just lean into that and ask yourself, AI for me personally would not be something that I think I'll probably ever use. Watch me eat my words here in a couple of years. <laughs> but, yeah. but just know that you don't have to like jump on every new train that comes down the track. I think that um, we get a little lost in our way. And sometimes we just have to ask ourselves, what are the basic things that are really important And how can I show up in those areas? Because sometimes what happens is we chase all these things and then we forget those basic foundations that are really important in regards to blogging and growing a business. And we, we realized that along the way we kind of stopped blogging. We chased everything else, but we've lost the art of blogging. And so, um, just lean into that and know that you don't have to chase every new thing that, that, that has developed. I'm really with you on the wait and see approach, Amy. And also, you know, and we talked about this on your podcast as well, but just like there really is something to be said about the creative process. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people creating content, that's part of the magic of it. You know, that's part of the experience. It's it's not just to generate as much as possible has it's not as it's to generate as much as non-humanly possible it is to actually like enjoy the process enjoy the experience and follow our own curiosity so really love that reframe and just reminder and like you said for some people it might be the exact right solution but I think for a lot of us we're like well we don't want to have that taken away from us yet so we're gonna stick in there and wait and see yep Um, All right. So just for fun, as we wrap up, I would love for you both to share a blog that you love and read or follow regularly. I love this question because I think as bloggers, it can be easy to get out of the habit of reading other other blogs, but it's so important to be consuming as well in this space. And I was, I am thinking about this now and there's several food blogs that I go to regularly But a blog that I truly love and have read for years and years and years, and this is going to just show how much of a nerd I really am, but it's written by a local meteorologist who is like on on TV and stuff here. Unfortunately, he just retired and he's no longer blogging as of the last month or so, but probably for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, I have read his blog almost on a weekly basis because he goes 
and just talks about the weather with such passion and teaches so well. It's not just a forecast. It's like why this is happening and like the long range forecast and all these things. And I know nothing about science or weather, but I've always (laughs) been fascinated and just really connected with his passion for weather. (laughs) I love that. Do you want to share his name just for those who want to go back and read past ones? Yeah, it's Gary Lezak. Okay, I'll make sure I include that. My husband loves the weather. We have like a legit weather station in our backyard and he's always like measuring snow and melting things. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, but (laughs) we're always very informed about the weather in my house too. So not to my credit, but so I love this. That is so fun. All right, Amy, you're up. Okay. So my favorite blogger to follow, her name is Jansen and she has the blog Everyday Reading and I I absolutely love this woman. And I know that sounds so silly, but um, she is one of the few. Like I've subscribed to a lot of different email lists, but I open every single one of her emails, um, follow her on social. A lot of the books that I decide to read are ones that she has recommended. And I just love the way that she approaches sharing about books. I love that she um, shares a lot about not just adults, but for kids too. Um, I've always really, really enjoyed reading. And as I became a mom, you know, sometimes some years that gets put more on the back burner, but here in the last couple of years, I've realized how important that is to have that self-care activity for myself. And it's something that I want to make sure that I'm raising readers to. Um, I also have a child with dyslexia. And so, um, asking myself how I can help reading be fun and not a stressful thing is important, especially, um, as we're navigating, um, dyslexia in our house now. So I just really love Jansen and how she has this passion for reading. And the interesting thing is, is, um, I have three kids and my oldest has never really loved reading. So he liked me reading to him. Um, but he just has never really taken to it. It's not been something that he's enjoyed. But um, since really being an avid follower of her blog in the last couple of years, she gives some great options for different age levels. And so earlier this year, I pulled out some ones that she'd recommended and he actually really, really enjoyed them. And so we started a competition to see I always set a reading goal every year. So this year we have a competition going to see who can read the most books. It's the first year I've got him excited about reading. And that makes me, as a mom, um, super excited. And I truly think that her blog has really helped me make this make reading fun because reading is something that we have to do for the rest of our lives. You know, it's, it's a life skill that we need. And so I want to foster that love of reading um, with my kids. And she has helped me do that. And so I am just really grateful that I found her blog. And uh, it just goes to show that you can have a blog about anything that you're passionate about. And I was just going to say it, um, it also shows how a blog can like really change someone's life, you know? So like, don't, don't hold yourself back in putting out that message that you need to, Mm -hmm. because you're, you could be holding somebody back from changing their life. Um, not to like put any pressure on anyone. (laughs) 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 Oh gosh. Okay. Um, all right. Can you share how we can find and connect with you online? The very best way. And I'll make sure all of your links are in the show notes, um, but just your favorite way to connect. Yeah. So we have a blog. It's sparkmediaconcepts.com. That is uh, first and foremost where you can find us. We're on Instagram as well at sparkmediaconcepts. And then we would love for you to come over and check out our podcast. It's called The Ultimate Blog Podcast. You can find it on Apple and Spotify or wherever you stream your podcasts. Awesome. Thank you. And thanks both so much for being a guest. This was really fun. And I've just enjoyed our collaborations together so much. Thank you so much, Emily. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.